Hello there, because I'm Carlos Podcast. I've decided to stop saying the number out loud because after a while it gets a little bit annoying. But anyway, I wanted to do another audio version, just post the national. Now, this one is not directly related to the national, although a couple of things in the national did lead me down the path of thinking about this a little bit more. And I thought it would be worthwhile to do it in this format, especially since I didn't have any visuals to show you. So we'll do it in this way so that you get the audio version and the other one on the YouTube channel and you can check it out at your leisure. Now, what I wanted to talk about pertains around the theme of communication. And there's a couple of different uh, threads that I'm going to go down, a couple of paths that I'm going to go down here. So you have to stick with me on this one a little bit, but they all do kind of come back around to communication. And as I said, the national will play a role in this uh, conversation a little bit as well, because there were a couple of things that I saw there that lead me down this path, talking a little bit about some stuff that I had planned for the channel that hasn't happened yet. And I'll talk a little bit about that as well. And the other portion of it is kind of uh, a little bit of fallback in terms of things that are already been on the channel. So let me start off with this. Uh, first thing is that in addition to the avalanche of content, which I've actually been enjoying quite a bit uh, as pertains to the national, since I already, as I already mentioned, I didn't go there, but I enjoyed living vicariously through the various vlogs and live streams and things that were pertaining to it. That was a lot of fun for me to watch and observe. And I'm still enjoying uh, checking it out as people are giving their postmortems and recaps and everything. So I'm enjoying that. So for those of folks out there, keep it coming. I'm enjoying it. Now, in the same vein, uh, during that time period, the Chasing Cardboard guys gave a little bit of an update, so to speak. Now, I'm going to mention this really briefly. I didn't make a standalone video on it on the YouTube channel, even though some people said, hey, are you going to do a reaction to this? And my answer was no. And part of the reason for it is, yes, it would have been easy for me to do. But the other part of it is because the reason that it was easy for me to do, would have been easy for me to do. And the answer is, almost everything that I criticized in the original video would still apply to the next version of it. Now, that said, I want to make clear. It was infinitely better than the first try, but at the same time, still hit on the same themes of being a victim. It still hit on the same themes of placing blame elsewhere. And in the end, it stuck around the theme of a cop out of, well, you can't please everybody. Well, that is 100% true. And that was true before. And it's true now. Uh, but it, it is it is kind of a lazy cop out. And again, an acknowledgement that no amount of blowback is clearly enough to be able to actually, you know, ingrain the lesson that actually should have been the takeaway of this whole thing. And that a lot of it could have been voided with a much better communication style to begin with. That's why I said all these themes are going to come back around communication. From a customer service perspective, if the answer to everything had been, thank you for bringing it to our attention, we're going to look into it, which by the way, is the most non-committal response. It's something that in, my, in a previous life, when I worked in a call center, taking call after call after call and taking escalations, that's, that's a phrase that you master. Because here's the truth, it means nothing. It's not committing to anything, really. But at the same time, it's at least acknowledging there's something to look into. Now, hopefully, if there is something to look into, then you do look into it and maybe something changes. And in the end, that video did acknowledge there were going to be some changes to processes. So for me, I'm, I'm quite content leaving it at that. There wasn't worth a full video to kind of talk through the same thing because the rest of it kind of fall under the same problems that I saw with the original video, even though it did scale back some of the other uh, sillier elements to it. It still means I'm still getting across somebody that just doesn't get it and is never going to get it. And the good news is that there is an audience that doesn't care. And as long as I guess you try, you, you get the participation ribbon. Well, yeah, yeah, you really took ownership of it. Thank you for the transparency. In the meantime, you just kind of roll your eyes and go, well, yeah, OK, I guess that's what passive transparency now. Fine. Uh, but the communication, like I said, would have made a difference, I think. And that leads me into the, the other piece that I want to talk about, not related to that. So I wanted to touch on it a little bit off the top, but now we're going to get move on to another communication thing. And when I thought about kind of the way that that played out, it reminded me in some ways of something from the past on the channel. And I want to kind of to go back a little bit to, I want to say 2021-ish. So this is when the pandemic is still going on and, you know, you've still got the lockdown orders and everything. And 
one of the things that I, uh, one of the themes that I hit on in the channel at the time, I had a standalone video or two about it, and we definitely talked about it on the live stream quite extensively, was Comsi and some of the challenges they were having at the time. And it reminded me of that because at the time, one of the biggest issues was you can acknowledge that obviously given Comsi's way of doing business, their, their entire business model is very reliant on a lot of labor. They need to have people in the warehouse to be able to pick uh, you know, the different orders to be able to ship stuff out to people. And any issue that prevents you from being able to have enough people in the warehouse, so to speak, is naturally going to have a major impact on your ability to get stuff out the door. You know, shipping department, receiving department, and of course, the people actually picking the cards in the first place. And when this whole thing hit all at once, it was like the perfect storm of bad things. If you were operating a business model, like what Comsi was doing with individual SKUs and all these different, it was a whole ridiculous thing at the time. And I remember as things got progressively worse and worse and worse, one of the big criticisms that I had amongst many was that there just wasn't enough good communication coming out of there. All that really would come out, if, if anything at all, was really like, you know, we're trying our best, you know, we're, we're you know, we're got facing a lot of challenges, which was 100% true. But at the same time, it's, it becomes very hollow when that's all you've got to say. And the reality was there was really no indication what exactly was being done to fix it until much, much later. And that was a big part of the criticism for it at the time, and deservedly so. But in the same vein, as, as much as they struggled with the communication piece, eventually they did write the ship, but not before, you know, using whatever announcements they were actually going to do to talk about, oh, well, you know, we've got a machine and we've got a building you can see from space. And I remember getting a lot of hay about that at the time with the live stream. Uh, we had a lot of fun with the machine and the building you can see from space. And trust me, it was, it was fodder for a lot of jokes at the time. But at the same time that I gave Comsi a super hard time back then, it's funny because they did eventually write the ship. Communication part, they never quite got, got right. Today, they're much better about it. But at the time, they really struggled. But here's the thing. They were able to write the ship eventually, and they were able to do a much better job. Is it perfect? No. Are they doing a much better job than, than back then? By leaps and bounds, you know, infinitely better. And at this point, I have no problem using them. I have no problem sending in cards and flipping some cards on that platform and also ordering some cards. This very week, as I'm talking to you, as a matter of fact, yesterday, I recorded a pickup video that was a ComC pickup video. And here's the thing. Uh, would I like the shipping to be less expensive, obviously, in Canada? Yes, I would. Uh, would I like it to be faster instead of taking weeks and weeks? Yes, I would. But here's the thing. They changed their systems. They developed a system that actually shows you kind of a cue of where you sit, how many items are ahead of you, which, you know, is a hit or miss, whatever. But it, it's a piece of information. It's a little bit of transparency since we like our transparency. But it also gives you an estimate in terms of shipping time, in terms of when they expect it to ship and when they expect it to reach you. And when I looked at the sh estimated shipping to reach me, it was early August when they came through it. And that was right nearly from the beginning. There was pretty much stayed consistent. And if there was any adjustment to it, it would adjust on the fly. I've seen that before. So it's one of those things where you could kind of keep an eye on it and check in it from time to time and see what the estimated shipping was. And here's the thing. The last several times that I've sent for something to get crossed over because they have to send the cards, some of them across the border to then get shipped off straight over to me to cover the customs and everything else. There's international shipping has its hangups, which I also know from the other side of the equation, shipping things down to the States. So it's one of those things. It's a reality of part of doing business, which is fine. But here's the funny thing. The last several times that I've asked for anything to ship out, even with all the moving parts and all the pieces in it at this point, it's pretty accurate estimate. And by that, I mean that they estimated early August. I was signing for the package at my front door yesterday on July 31st, almost bang on, you know, a couple of days here or there, which makes no difference to me, but that's fine. So it was a satisfactory experience. 
leaps and bounds better. The communication is better. Their blog does a better job communicating out new things. Now they've got some influencers they're working with to get out, you know, new features and stuff, which is great. That means now you've got some mouthpieces to be able to convey things as you're adding new features. So when they did some of the grading stuff, obviously I was able to find that. I did a video on my, on my YouTube channel about it. And like I said, in the same vein that I was very critical of them in 2021 when I thought they deserved it, I am very comfortable in giving them some credit in 2022, later on in 2023, when things started turning around, and I'm willing to give them credit in 2023 when they add a feature I like, and when they're basically getting the job done and giving a good, satisfactory customer experience. If the things change the other way around, I will be vocal about it at that time. I have no issue with that piece, because I've experienced it. From my side of it, if I'm not using a service, it's hard for me to say too much about it, but when I am using it, and it does serve a purpose for me, and I'm using it, and I'm seeing that it's declining in quality, then that's where you can kind of say something about it. And at the same time, also question when the communication isn't keeping up, when all you're saying is we're doing our best. While that might be true, it's not satisfactory to the consumer who's saying, I know you're doing your best, but at the same time, what can we hope for as far as what, what is the hope, hopeful resolution? What is the timeline you're hoping for? Even if in the end you miss it because things happen, something is better than nothing. It's one of those, you know, I'm trying my best is so empty and doesn't give any indication or hope of it, of it actually improving because you can pretty much just repeat that sentence indefinitely and it never goes anywhere. So that's, that was a lot of the frustration at that time because it felt like even though there was a lot of talk about, oh, we're trying to improve things in that, even we assumed that was going to be the case, but it took oh, quite a long time to bear fruit and we didn't really get a lot of updates in the intermediary steps in between to be able to see it. We just kind of had to wake up one day and suddenly and saw some of the improvements. And then we were able to really see, okay, fine, some things changed. That story is to say that it is possible for you to be doing your best, but also do a much better job of communicating something out to people to give them a better understanding of what the specific challenges are. It's one of those things where we could assume what the challenges were, but in reality, we weren't getting much to go off of and we kind of have to fill in the gaps ourselves. So again, it goes back to the communication thing. Moving forward to kind of the national and what I was referring to and what I kind of led down this, this thought process here that I wanted to talk to you about is when I was watching the national, one of the things that I saw was the various trade nights and organized gatherings uh, that started to fall under different themes, which I thought is a really cool thing. And hopefully that is something that goes forward. So one of the things that I kind of deal in now is the wrestling card niche. And uh, if anybody watches my pickup videos, you'll see that there's a wrestling card element uh, quite a number of different times. And I've got my different personal collections that I work on for that, something that I very much enjoyed. And I'll, I'll get to more of that here in a second. But one of the uh, gatherings they had on there was called the main event. And it was a variety of different wrestling card collectors who organized it. Uh, and they were able to get Panini on board as a sponsor, which is really great. And they were able to have their own little kind of trade night that was very specific to the wrestling card niche, which I think is fantastic. It creates that opportunity because wrestling cards, because of the hoarding nature uh, that some collectors have, it's a little bit tough sometimes to find certain cards. So in a room like that, I'm sure there were some cards that don't necessarily see the light of day all the time. And some opportunities were probably there to pick up some cards. So that's, that's one that definitely was, was very interesting to me. And I was able to follow it a little bit through the social media portion of things. But one of the things that I noticed, and it's something when I looked at the various pictures of it, and again, this is not representative of everything because, you know, you can't possibly see everybody's pictures from an event like that. But what I was able to see when I was able to look at some of the tables and some of the spreads of cards out on the table that people were trading, what I saw was a lot of WB product which makes a lot of sense because number one, Panini was a sponsor, and number two, they flat out have more cards. So it totally makes sense. Uh, but I also saw a little bit of Wrestling All-Stars, some vintage cards, and even some Leaf cards. You know, Leaf Wrestling has done 2020 Leaf Wrestling, which I've collected some of those cards. And also they've got uh, they've got a newer Leaf product with a bunch of autographs on it, which I think is a nice product for what it is. Uh, Leaf is good at making some affordable, 
uh, autograph cards of some great names, where if you're a big wrestling fan, it's an opportunity. That's part of what I liked about the 2020 Leaf product. You were able to get your hands on a lot of great Hall of Fame t uh, caliber talents and get some autographs from them relatively inexpensively compared to some of these other products. Now, as I said, given the quantity of product available, it's no surprise that the WWE product, especially the last several products that Panini has come out with, would dominate a lot of the space because there are a lot of autographs, memorabilia, and, you know, different shiny cards and different prisms and all these great things. And it's, it's no surprise that there would be a lot of it. Plus, you're get, you've got product there that Panini has provided, so people are ripping open and finding some cards, and then they're able to kind of trade those cards, and obviously that's going to create some more supply in the room about that as well. So it's going to be very, very slanted in the WWE fashion. But if you're noticing what I'm saying here, is that I didn't see any AEW cards. Now, that is not a surprise for me, uh, partially because, A, there's obviously going to be more WWE cards, but also, number two, uh, I know several AEW collectors who do enjoy collecting the cards, and the supply just isn't there. Partially because there isn't as much to go around, partially because a lot of it is kind of getting hoarded. I know a lot of player collectors who are definitely having multiples, myself included, so it's one of those things that just isn't as much of that stuff uh, floating around necessarily. And you can get the same impression when I scan through eBay and I don't see too much stuff here and there over time. Some of the autographs have dried up. They're available. They'll become available from time to time. But sometimes people have to open new product in order to find it and see it. But here's the thing. The real big issue is that we just haven't had another AEW product in this calendar year. And at the same time that we're not having new product, which is creating frustration, and I'll come back to the communication piece here in a second so we don't lose out on our theme. You also have, you know, the National itself happening, and as part of the National, Upper Deck had a, I want to say, pack redemption, and as part of the pack redemption, you were able to get these cards, you've got some, you got the Jordan ones that I think were in the VIP package, but you also had, I guess, these packs, I don't know the exact configuration, because again, I wasn't there, but you had these... Um, prominent cuts. I forget the exact terminology of it, but it's a set of various. You've got Tiger Woods, you've got some uh, you've got some different people, but they included a couple of AEW wrestlers in the set. And that was a little set that you were able to pick up at the National if you were able to get your hands on these packs. And they also were able to have some chase cards, including some autographs and such, which is great. But at the same time, it goes back to kind of our current issue with the AEW side of this product release in the sense that these are pretty much the only new AEW cars we've got. Aside from like the match dated stuff, so when AEW has a pay-per-view, they're able to do some EPAC exclusives, EPAC achievements. These are pretty much the only cards that have come out, effectively the entire calendar year. And at the same time, I did a video on the channel months ago now where I was talking about this discrepancy a little bit in addition to some other pieces. And I did a little graphic where I showed the Panini products on the one side and I showed the Upper Deck AEW products on the other side. And to try to be nice, I even included the projected products, the products that had been announced but hadn't been released yet. And it was still already very much one-sided in terms of the amount. And the AEW side was relatively sparse. And now we're entering into the eighth month, we're in August, and nothing has really changed. Uh, the dates are not imminent. I've uh, scanned some Facebook groups to keep an eye on it, and they're, they're on pins and needles every time that one, Steel City or one of them shows a day, uh, an update on the date, and it's always getting pushed back. And it's one of those things where knowing what I know about it is that really the only thing I'm paying attention to is when the checklist shows up. When the checklist shows up, I can expect within a couple of weeks we're actually going to get a release. That means the release is imminent, something that uh, is good to know if you're uh, familiar with a lot of the way that Upper Deck does its releases. 
So now let's talk about how that relates to the channel and also talk about how that creates a little bit of frustration with the communication piece that I was talking about. Now, as far as the channel is concerned, one of the things that I'd wanted to do that I had kind of, uh, I think reached out to folks and kind of wanted to get their take. I, I wanted to do some wrestling card content specifically. And I asked if it would be something that would be better served on a different YouTube channel or on the same YouTube channel. Most people were like, yeah, just include it. And if I want to watch it, I will. And if I don't, I won't. But if you notice, I haven't really put out too much as far as that's concerned, because I am focused a little bit more on the AEW card side. And as I just mentioned, there isn't a lot to say. So not much to say. It's hard to make a video on something that isn't happening or, you know, nothing to report. And that's kind of where I get back to the communication thing. And it creates a little bit of frustration because we know that these products have been announced right now, as it currently stands that I'm speaking to, uh, we've got AEW Metal, which was expected to come out at some point, you know, that got pushed back several times. I think the first date that was originally given was in January. Again, we're in August. And then you've got AEW Allure, which is supposed to come after that. Again, when it's going to come out, we don't know. And then you've got 2023 Upper Deck Flagship, which would be the third iteration of a flagship product. As it stands today, there have only been three products that have ever been released. The 21 Flagship, the 22 Flagship, and the 2021 AEW Spectrum product. That is it. Three products since Upper Deck got its license. And of course, the EPAC exclusives and a variety of these different card sets that I just told you about. Now, here's where our problem comes into play. Delays are going to happen. Panini as well has had some delays, but their delays are a couple of weeks or even a month or two, not six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. It's one of those things where the infrequency of releases for Upper Deck have consistently put, thrown cold water onto any hype or, you know, excitement about the product. It's one of those things where, I, like I said, I have like-minded uh, collectors that I like to chat and correspond with, and we kind of just keep looking at each other. We're, you know, shaking our heads frustrated because, you know, Number one, we don't know when the product's going to come out. Number two, there's really nothing to report as far as getting any real information from Upper Deck. The only thing we know is that there are some issues, some supplier challenges, which has been the case for the hockey side of things for Upper Deck as well. So it's not like we're not familiar with it, but then that's it. And it's one of those things where there are some Upper Deck representatives, like I've talked about on the YouTube channel. I, I do have a couple of people that I could reach out to, but I'm not going to badger them because all they're going to be able to tell me is effectively what I just told you. There are some challenges as far as getting time on the printers to be able to create, you know, from the suppliers to be able to actually get the product out the door. And in a lot of cases, they're just as frustrated as we are. But at the same time, I really don't think that these front facing people that are being stuck having to consistently answer the question, I don't think it's fair that they're the only ones that can speak to it. When in reality, there is the upper deck president who is out and about and is able to speak to on his own and is really representing the brand overall. It, there has to be a better answer than we're doing our best. Uh, there are some challenges with the logistics and suppliers. And, you know, we don't know when that's going to get resolved. And yeah. And then just repeat, rinse and repeat the same thing over and over again. Because at the same time, you've got this license, which admittedly, if you're going to put the pecking order, the AW license cannot go above the hockey license. The hockey license is obviously going to be a bigger deal. Some of the entertainment licenses that they've got are going to be a bigger deal. But at the same time, you know, there was much ballyhoo about this partnership, and there is a segment that was very enthusiastic about this. And as more time goes by, it just takes away a lot of that excitement that could have been there. And it's one of those things that's really unfortunate because it leaves us just kind of sitting back and just finding other things to do. Now, the silver lining of this is that it allows someone like myself, who has a player collection as far as that piece is concerned, I've talked about uh, the Britt Baker collection that I've got. I'm at the point where on my checklist, I'm down to just two cards. And they're very limited cards, outside of one of ones, of course. So I've kind of keep those things as their own separate deal. But I've been able to scratch these various things off the checklist. And it's very satisfying to see a checklist that starts off at a decent size dwindle down. 
but that's been mostly a result of just not having new product come in. Now, I mentioned that thing with that national exclusive with those cards and everything. I was able to find a nice lot that included the Brick Baker in it, so, and, and some additional cards. So I'm probably going to be able to move some of those other cards and basically pay me back for buying the lot. I was able to get what I think is a very fair deal. So I, it gave me something to chase, which is really nice. But at the same time, like I said, that's, that's it. That's been it. I just look for those opportunities with the achievement cards and stuff like that and the odd card here or there that gets released. But that's all we've got to look forward to because the rest of it is, you know, out there in the world and it'll be released at some point. I, I'm confident they will release it eventually. But just the infrequency of it, while at the same time I go look over at Panini and even if they've got some delays, this past week they released the new Select product. So they've got the WWE Select product. And fortunately, I've got a few characters that I collect now in WWE a little bit, which is gives me something to go after. Uh, and it's fun to go find those cards. And by the way, they're very nice cards. So speaking kind of what I mentioned earlier from the content side of things, I wanted to spend more time in my focus talking about the AW cards and going into a little bit more depth of that. But there's nothing to talk about, as I mentioned. So it creates a situation where if I want to talk about the wrestling cards at all, pretty much, I got to talk about the Panini and the WWE product. Now, fortunately, like I said, I am collecting some of it. So I think that's what's going to happen. The next product that comes out, I'll probably spend some time talking about that one because at least there's something to speak on. Uh, but it goes back to the communication thing, like I said earlier. There is always going to be the, we're doing our best, there are some mitigating circumstances. But when a company from a corporate side of things, you use that same line over and over again, eventually it loses its meaning. It's one of those things where I think most reasonable people understand that there are some mitigating circumstances. But at a certain point, I think you have to give people more. I think it's not reasonable. I, sorry, I think it's not unreasonable to expect a little bit more as far as, um, you know, speak the infamous transparency. Again, we don't need to know every piece of logistical issue that you might be having, you know, if it's a contract dispute or if it's simply a matter of it's at the back of the line and you have to prioritize and everything else is going to get pushed in front of this. Because we had the same thing in the hockey side of things, the 2020, 2021, the cup was released in 2023. So it's not like we're not used to product delays, but it becomes a little bit frustrating when, whereas in hockey, there are a ton of releases to go back and look at a variety of different releases. In the example I gave you, there are six total releases, including the ones that are promised, but only three have been released since the beginning, going back to 2021. So it's one of those things where if you go back that far and all you've got is three releases to show for it, it creates a lot of frustration when you go look at the other side and just keep stacking up release after release. And you've got all these variety of cards to chase. So right now, the WWE folks that are chasing after them, they can go all excitedly. They can open up the boxes. They can go on eBay and start chasing after it. Involve themselves in breaks if they want to and try to pull some of the cool cards. I can go on social media and see, oh, I pulled this card or, hey, I was able to get this card in. Thanks to so-and-so for making the deal. Whereas I go on the other side and there's not, not a lot for me to report. Even though, uh, in my case, I can say I was able to scratch a big one off the checklist that'll be coming in in my next mail days, which is awesome. Uh, I'm very happy to see that. But it's few and far between now. Uh, there is just isn't that much. But like I said, on the WWE side, I was able to add a couple of cards, so I'll be able to get those in as well. As a wrestling card collector, I've still got something at least to pursue and to have some fun with, and I've also got my sports card collection, so I will be able to keep busy. Uh, but I found over time that that's the reason I was able to delve a little deeper into the 2020 Leaf cards. They're nice. I don't like them quite as much, but it's one of those things where they do offer a fun alternative, at least a little bit of a chase, to give me something more interesting to do while, again, I continue to wait. I think the overall piece that I wanted to get to as far as kind of combining these different elements, you know, I, I started off with the chasing cardboard thing and talking about how the communication mistakes at the beginning created some latter, bigger problems afterwards and kind of extended and dragged out something that really didn't warrant uh, the amount of time and discussion that it was able to put out there in the YouTube space anyway. 
And at the same time, I talked about the ComC example, where in the end, they did resolve the issue. We're on the other side of it now. They're doing much better as far as that piece is concerned, but they had their communication breakdown. And when their communication breakdown happened, it was for much the same reason. It was that there was an understanding that there were mitigating circumstances, and it was something that affected them very deeply. But they were they struggled to try to communicate that in a way where people could at least feel like progress was being made. Maybe, and may, I want to be clear, I want to make sure I, I, I include this piece so that you understand my main thing here. It isn't that you that people are expecting like day by day updates. I think it's more a matter of the message needs to convey some manner of progress, even if it's just basically saying that we we've got this issue, we're trying to work on it, and to, you know we're starting to do this and we're starting to do that, and that's starting to help us a little bit, and it will bear fruit in time. But this is what we're working on. Again, you don't have to detail your entire roadmap, your entire plan. But it's just feeling like there is a plan, feeling like there is a path forward that will lead you to the destination you're looking for. That is something. At least it feels like there's progress being made towards it, as opposed to just kind of getting the same canned response over and over again until one day it's more or less fixed, or at least you're starting to see that progress and you start seeing those numbers start to drop. And all of a sudden now we're, we're in a much better place than where we were, but we, we, we had a lot of uh, potholes on the way to getting there. Now, speaking on the upper deck thing, there's very well that likely that there is some mitigating circumstances with the suppliers, and it could be just an issue of prioritization. And now at this point, you have to choose the priority. And if you're going to choose the hockey product, or you're going to choose the AW product, you're going to choose the hockey product because you're probably going to make more money out of it. Again, I'm just projecting a possibility. It, it's something that, you know, could be discussed in more length. But the truth is, there is something there that goes beyond just the supplier side of it, because a lot of the same companies use the same suppliers. And again, all you got to do is point. Panini has decided to prioritize the WB product to the point that they, even if there's some delays, the product is getting released. I can talk to you about 2023 WB Select. And that's even with Panini losing the WB license to Fanatics in the next couple of years. Fanatics is looming large. Uh, WB Tops may be coming back sooner rather than later. But even still, Fanatics is releasing these products. They're releasing Prism. They're releasing this. They're releasing Chronicles. These products are out there. Uh, people that want to chase them have something to chase. And I think that keeps the momentum. It's uh, in a niche genre like this that I'm referring to. What momentum you have is very, is very difficult to sustain, but it's even worse if there's nothing to sustain it. It's one of those things where it, the, the room needs more oxygen, and the oxygen is the product because that gets up, drums up excitement. Even if some people are still chasing the cards from the previous product, it still gives other folks who are already caught up, it gives them the opportunity to chase something new, and it, and it infuses some excitement into the room. And that excitement is contagious, and it, and it goes all the way down the line. And right now we're getting kind of the opposite, because the oxygen has been sucked out of the room, and that's quieted things down quite a bit. Because even the cards that are out there, there's just less excitement for those cards. And it's reflected in the prices, it's reflected in the interest, and it's reflected in the content. Because I follow a lot of different wrestling card podcasts, I follow wrestling card YouTube channels. There are not tons of them, but they do exist. And the fact is, every time they talk about it, even if they mention AEW, it's in brief passing. And basically, it comes down to the same thing. It's like, yeah, I wish they were releasing this stuff. It's frustrating, but uh, there's nothing to report. And when that's the only message you get, that there's not going to be a lot of excitement and a lot of momentum. One day we're going to wake up and there's going to be a product. It's going to be almost a surprise at this point. And that's kind of the, it's a sad truth of the way this has worked out. And a lot of it really did come down to that communication piece. And I don't think it's fair that we're relying on the rank and file employees who are willing to put themselves out there to have to speak for the company, but at the same time, not be able to add too much. It's one of those things. The only thing they can do is commiserate. They can say, yeah, we'd like that too. And there's not much else they can add. And uh, I, I, think, I think a better message uh, from Upper Deck themselves would, go, would do wonders. In the same way that back then, uh, a better message from Comsey. 
would have done wonders to making everybody feel better about at least a sense of progress. And that's really the overall point. And it really comes down to the communication. That's the overall theme of this entire discussion. And I got the reminder when I saw that thing with the main event and I saw those tables full of WB product and I saw a sponsorship from Panini who does the WB product. And I can't blame people for being excited because there it was, there's the product and there it is surrounded by it. Everybody could see it. And the company that isn't producing the product, not, nobody hears about it. And the only thing you get is, like I said, these various EPAC exclusives and, you know, a couple of cards inside of the national packs. So it's one of those things where it's like, you just kind of roll your eyes and say, well, all right, I guess at least it's something to chase. You know, it's better than nothing. But uh, right now it's been a lot of better than nothing as we enter the eighth month. And actually, uh, that reminds me one more thing I want to mention here. When we do get that resolution to it, when those products start to come out, my concern, and uh, I'll probably elaborate more on this later on, but my concern is going to be that we've got three products announced that we're hoping are going to come out at some point here. And when and if they do, we're, we're in the eighth month of the year already. We're in August. So does that mean you're going to have, you know, three products in rapid succession, bang, bang, bang? It's almost like you've gone from a complete drought into a tsunami. We're, we're going to drown in cardboard all of a sudden, and maybe there's just not enough money to go around for people. And they're going to have to make some decisions if they have, suddenly have to chase. And that's a concern, because if you try to release the three products before the end of the year, we're, we don't have that much time left. I just don't know how we're going to be able to squeeze that in and make that happen where people are going to feel comfortable. I think it's going to also hurt it indirectly from not having enough product to go around to suddenly having almost too much product to go around all of a sudden and people have to make some choices. I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Um, I look forward to talking about it when and if I get a chance to. But yeah, in the meantime, I think I'll probably end up talking a little bit about some of the other ones so that I can at least get some of that content on the channel because I want to. I'd like to talk about it a little bit, but there just hasn't been as much to talk about in the segment that I was hoping to have a chance to speak on a little bit more. But anyway, just want to get some thoughts out uh, since the national thing did bring it to the front of mind and it reminded me of some of those other things that I wanted to chat on a little bit. Uh, the theme of all this was communication. Uh, uh, a couple of words, well-placed, giving a sense of progress, go a long way for a lot of these things. And that's something maybe some of the companies in the space could do well to, to know and to understand. And as consumers, unfortunately, we're kind of set, we're kind of left sitting on our hands waiting to see um, what, if any, kind of real update we get. And that's kind of where we sit right now. Anyway, just wanted to get some of those thoughts off my chest. Uh, I'll leave it at that. If you are checking out the YouTube version of it, I'd appreciate it if you hit a like button. It helps uh, to support the channel and support the videos themselves. At the same time, there'll be more videos coming up on the channel, live streams on Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's always a thing. And if you listen to the audio version on the podcast, if you could leave some kind of review wherever the reviews are, that is certainly helpful. I like making uh, the audio version available for people who prefer that format. So I appreciate that. Otherwise, on the YouTube side, like if you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Thanks very much. And we'll catch you in the next one.